Hey, this is Bridget, and you're listening to Stuff Mom Never Told You. Now, today is my birthday. Well, not actually today, but the day that you'll be listening to this will be my actual birthday. I don't usually do much to celebrate my birthday because I'm usually working or traveling, and this year is no exception. So in my mind, it just made sense to make my day of birth about some of DC's most vulnerable women. My birthday seemed like the perfect time to raise awareness about an issue that is very near and dear to my heart, fighting homelessness. If you're anything like me, you might have an image in your head of what someone experiencing homelessness looks like. And more often than not, that person is male. But women experience homelessness too. In fact, according to the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, women and families are the fastest growing segment of the homeless population, with 34% of the total homeless population composed of families. And of these families, 84% are headed by women. And while the population of women who are experiencing homelessness can often go overlooked, they actually face unique challenges that their male counterparts just don't have to deal with. I'm talking about challenges like fear of sexual assault, or being pregnant and not having the services you desperately need, or even something as simple as what you're going to do when you get your monthly period. Now, we already know periods are stigmatized, even for women who aren't experiencing homelessness. But that stigma can make it harder for women to get the supplies they need to have healthy, happy periods. I wanted to know more about these challenges, so I called up Alicia Horton, the executive director of Thrive DC, an organization that connects DC's homeless with services and support they need. So Alicia, you really have a lifetime of service under your belt in the social change space. So how did you come to this work? Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, my mother um, was also very involved in um, providing housing uh, for uh, vulnerable individuals all of her professional life. So um, I don't know why she was surprised <laughs> when I took up the gauntlet um, <laughs> many years ago. But I think I have uh, really just um, come from a, a history of um, social justice change makers and um, have followed in their footsteps. Yeah, you've definitely done so much of that work. Um, and I'm, I'm so personally inspired by the work that you do with Thrive DC around homelessness, specifically reminding folks that, you know, when we think about the homeless community, we think about men. And wh- why is that? Why do you think that so often the face of home- people experiencing homelessness is male when so many women are experiencing homelessness as well? Well, um, actually, the statistics bear out that there are more men um, who are being counted, at least, um, who are experiencing homelessness. So I think, you know, our our visual observations are supported by stats. However, um, I think women are suffering from um, various uh, kinds of homelessness and are a much more invisible community within the homelessness arena. So, um I think uh, when you are uh, thinking about women who are, for instance, fleeing domestic violence, you know, they may not be living on the street, but they are certainly um, without an address and without um, a stable housing situation. So they may be sleeping on, you know, a friend's couch, uh, you know, kind of couch surfing from here to there. Um, so, you know, these are the, the uncounted numbers of women um, who are dealing with those kinds of situations. Yeah, so I'm curious, what does homelessness look like for women? I would imagine that a woman who is experiencing homelessness has unique challenges that the male homeless population maybe doesn't deal with. 
No, I think that's absolutely right, and I think some of those kinds of challenges are obvious. <laughs> um, one of the things that we have been working on for the last um, few years is really trying to um, with, with a laser focus, address some of those kinds of critical needs like hygiene products. Um, you know, we had a campaign that said a, a woman should be able to make it through the night, period. Uh, and that really um, speaks to a woman's need to have um, certain items at her disposal um, regularly. Um, and we want to make sure that ladies have those things and are able to, you know, maintain a sense of, of self and, and dignity um, even when they have, you know, regular human needs and, and functions happening. Uh, so, you know, we want to make sure that um, the ladies who we see are, again, being able to address their hygiene needs, they are also um, particularly vulnerable to uh, violence, it's it's very dangerous if you're on the street, if you're in shelter, um, and dangerous at a whole nother level for women, particularly women who are alone. Um, so, yeah, women are definitely facing some real serious challenges um, as they tackle their stability issues. Yeah, so you mentioned, you know, menstrual products, and that's actually really how I came into being interested in this topic because, you know, let's face it, periods are stigmatized. Women who are not experiencing homelessness often feel, you know, shame or embarrassed about this completely normal, natural bodily function. And if there's a stigma around talking about menstrual supplies and, and periods for women who are not experiencing homelessness, I can only imagine how that stigma impacts these women who are facing, you know, homelessness, getting, the, getting access to the materials they need, right? We, we don't even really feel comfortable saying things like tampons and periods. Right. And so if we don't talk right. about it, it must be very hard to ensure that women who need these products get those products. Yeah, not only the products, but, you know, the necessary accoutrement like a bath, you know, <laughs> a shower, um, clothing. Uh, you know, it's certainly, you know, nine out of ten women, if not all women, have had that very embarrassing moment where you need to change. Um, and if you are living on the street and if you don't have, um, you know, a closet full of, of clothes at your disposal, then what, what do you do? Um, and to, you know, walk around with a stain like that is like you said, it further stigmatizes and um, and sets you apart. So absolutely, we are working hard to make sure that the women can get the hygiene products they need, not only for this evening, but, you know, for the duration of their menstrual cycles. Um, and uh, they don't have to come in and ask for a tampon every day because that is another, you know, kind of just embarrassing moment to have to request a hygiene product every day. Um, so we really are working hard to um, help our, our ladies have as much dignity around, you know, their womanhood as as possible. So that's so true because, you know, having to, having to either, A, walk around with a stain on your pants because you didn't have access to the product that you needed or the services that you needed, or, B, go in and ask for a tampon or a pad every day, that is dehumanizing. And I think you know, women who are experiencing homelessness have enough on their plate. They don't need to have their, you know, normal bodily functions be something that contributes to this, to a, to a sense of shame and to a, a lack of sort of agency and, and something that can really harm their overall sense of self just because they, their body is acting the way that their body was designed to act. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, so many of the women that... um 
that we work with have, um, you know, there, there are some stats out there that are suggesting that 90% of the women who are um, experiencing, you know, abject homelessness have, are, are also victims of sincere and profound trauma. So um, in addition to having that already <laughs> as a challenge, uh, then you have these other moments of complete, um, you know, lack of dignity and just a complete shaming moment um, to add to your already traumatized psyche. Um, you know, we are all really working to educate ourselves and um, approaching our ladies with a really trauma-informed strategy so that we can get to some of the information that um, women really harbor. They don't feel comfortable telling. You know, they're embarrassed to to share some aspects of their lives. Um, Hence, we're not able to address those issues. So, um, yeah, uh, domestic violence is a huge issue amongst the ladies. And, again, so many of them are homeless because they are fleeing situations of domestic violence. And that's so sad that it, it sort of magnifies you're already in this scary situation, you're already vulnerable, and winding up, you know, experiencing homelessness for a woman who's already in a marginalized situation or a, a vulnerable situation, that's just so scary. And I can imagine how, how lonely that must feel, how you feel like you can't talk to anybody about what's going on and how things just snowball until it's, you don't have a place. And that's just, no. it, it makes me so sad that we've failed such a large population of our citizenry. Yeah, absolutely. And then you have to also think about the ripple effects that has because, you know, so many of our um, women are are mothers, you know, Um, so their children are um, affected by their sense of self or lack of self and and their situations. Um, You know, there is a a distinct ripple um, effect that happens um, to the whole family. Um, when these women are uncared for and um, and unsupported. I read that the overwhelming majority of homeless families are actually headed by women. So what is, yeah. what is having a family look like when you're experiencing homelessness? What does this mean for child care, and what's going on with these families? These are all day-to-day challenges that these families face. Um, if you are, um, you know, if you have small children, then you are, you know, quite literally having them in your company all day long as you try to manage your life and figure out where you're going to sleep and where you're going to eat and where you're going to shower and where you're going to wash, you know, and you're kind of, you know, have your children in tow uh, throughout that whole experience. You know, if you, if your children are school-aged, you might be able to um, have them in school while you're trying to figure out day-to-day survival um, things, but for the most part, um, you know, the children are as destabilized, um, if not more so, as the women are, as they, um, as that family really works toward, you know, gaining some independence and stability. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine the, how challenging that must be for these families and these children and these women. I, I honestly can't even imagine. So one thing that I, I'm sort of interested in, and I wondered if you had opinions on, is you know, we live in a country with a gender pay disparity. Do you think this is something that impacts female homelessness? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, that is an issue that feels fairly far off for a lot of the women we're dealing with. Um, you know, if we can get them in a, um, 
a minimum wage job, that is a huge accomplishment in many cases. Um, if we can get them into a living wage job, that is an incredible accomplishment. So to even begin to address gender um, pay disparities seems far off. <laughs> um, we, we are really at the level of getting employed and getting a place to lay your head. You know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm you know, while I'm sure that that, that is uh, an issue that affects these women, um, we we can't even get them employed, you know, <laughs> uh, much less begin to uh, advocate on behalf of, of pay equity. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm certain that pay equity impacts female homelessness, but it's one of those mm-hmm. things where, you know, if you're in a boat that has a hole in it, you, right. There are things you can do to make the boat better, but you've got a hole in your boat. You need to address that Right. Part. No, I, th- I think that's right. And, you know, it's really what uh, the, the model that Thrive DC has employed. We have um, a layer of uh, well, a couple of levels of service. One is our emergency services. So you can come in, you can eat, you know, you can get a hot meal, you can wash your clothes, you can take a shower, you can see a case manager, you can, you know, maybe get on the computer and just kind of, and you know, get your hygiene products. And, and everything um, that you need to, to kind of take care of yourself and get those things kind of off your mind, you know, <laughs> and then you can start to think, you know, once you're clean and feel better and are fed, you can start to think about next steps. And then we have what we call our step-up programs. So these involve employment and um, other kinds of support like substance abuse support, reentry support for those um, individuals who are returning citizens and have an, an additional layer of challenge. So um, we, uh, and we also have pantry services. So we have really tried to create some tiers of servicing that can um, help assist folks really, you know, um, get toward that sense of, of self-sufficiency. Let's take a quick break. Here's more from Alicia. I have to admit some of my own sort of blind spots here. Uh, the model of Thrive DC, I think, is one that is particularly special. Um, when I came into the issue of wanting to get involved in the fight against homelessness, of course, you know, lefty me, pie in the sky, I'm thinking high level. I'm like, okay, if I want to help people who are experiencing homelessness, you know, put me to work. What can I do? I want to read their resumes. I want to help them get jobs. I want to do this. I want to do that. And, you know, when I, when I found Thrive DC, it was like, oh, they need tampons, they need socks, they need, you know, yeah. it, was, it, it, it regrounded me in exactly what you're saying that, you know, mm-hmm. you got to think about if you're someone who is experiencing homelessness, you might just need a good meal and a pair of good socks and a shower. And then you can think about, you know, all of these other things. But I think with an issue like homelessness, we can sort of get hung up in wanting to combat it in a way that I think is, is you know, has the heart in the right place in a high-level way when really you can be so helpful in these ways that are less glamorous but still really impactful. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, we are certainly um, support and promote a housing first model, which is to get people in housing. But we also recognize that there are many extenuating circumstances that keep people 
um, destabilized and unhoused. We have um, several uh, clients who are really grappling with some severe mental health issues. And you can put them in housing, but if their mental health issues are not supported, <laughs> they won't stay in housing, you know, <laughs> because for whatever reasons, um, you know, they are paranoid or whatever, they, they just can't support themselves um, in housing. So you really have to address this um, issue from a 360-degree perspective and make sure that there are really um, very uh, inclusive wraparound services to make sure that people are are safe, are supported, and um, are able to stay in a in a, in a home that's provided. For instance, your your initial um, question about uh, um, an individual who's escaping domestic violence. Now, you can put a mom and a family in the home, and if the abuser finds that family, then she's going to leave. You know, <laughs> so you have to make sure that that is a safe location, that she has the support to. Um, you know, safeguard her family and, you know, whatever legal um, recourses is available to her that she can employ that to make sure that she stays safe once she's housed or it's all for naught, you know. So I just, I, I really do encourage people to think um, globally about how to help somebody um, be a successfully housed individual or family. I was so inspired from my conversation with Alicia that it went against my usual birthday tradition of doing pretty much nothing and hosted a few rad Sminty listeners, along with my friend Spencer from Thrive, to collect menstrual supplies for DC's women. If you weren't able to make it, here's a little taste of how that went down. Like, a lot of people are super fortunate to be able to go to the grocery store or CVS or go home and have these products available, but people experiencing homelessness or in low-income situations don't always have that option, and they have the added burden of not knowing where their next meal is coming from or where they're going to stay for the night. And for people who get periods and have that situation, it's an added stress where they don't always have pads and tampons and maybe have to use toilet paper or ruin the only clothes that they have um, and having to find out where they can do laundry. And uh, it adds a lot more stress. So we're really trying to take that take added stresses away and give them these basic necessities not everybody thinks of them as basic necessities it's often thought of as like a privileged product or um, I mean there's taxes on tampons and pads as well too so it's not thought of as something that we absolutely need and we want to like make people realize that it is something we women really really need and to be sanitary and healthy but yeah so it's really cool that you guys are supporting this um, and using know the knowledge you have about it and spreading the word and giving um people who don't have these items items that they need to get through the day and um you know get through a tough situation yeah so many people get a period every month and it shouldn't be this thing where we're like embarrassed about it but as i mentioned to the thrive dc executive director i really think that because periods are stigmatized for everyone whether you're homeless or not it impacts these folks getting what they need. And so if, if periods are stigmatized and talking to them are stigmatized, if you're experiencing homelessness, this thing that we don't even want to talk about or acknowledge exists, you know, it, it may be a barrier to you getting what you need to have a safe and sanitary night if you're, if you're already marginalized. And that's, that's really tough. 
and I want to do. I think that we should change that, right? Like talking about periods shouldn't be this scary, sad, upsetting thing. It's it's a normal thing that a lot of folks get every month, and we should talk about it. Yeah, I think we've started with our staff where nobody on our staff, male or female, is. We talk about adult diapers every day, tampons, pads, like. It's like the women in our program feel comfortable going to men or women or female or male staff members um, and asking them for those products. Um, and I think it's really cool that we've created this culture of being comfortable with these products that are just normal things. They're not something like you're, it's not a stigma. It's not something embarrassing. It's just everyday life. And I think you just have to like talk about it a lot and it just needs to be normal and you just have to bring it up and not be like freaked out about it. I don't know. Um, and I think it starts with making it an everyday thing. Let's take a quick break. And we're back. Spencer and Alicia are right. Just because a woman is experiencing homelessness doesn't mean she doesn't deserve to have a happy, safe, and sanitary period. Getting your period is bad enough. It shouldn't also be a situation that robs you of your dignity. If you agree, here's what Alicia says you should do. Listen, we had over 2,300 volunteers join us in our work um, just in 2017, and we anticipate that many or more. And it really does take a village to uh, to do the work that we're doing and to um, really successfully take people from a place of, of homelessness and, and housing insecurity and, and food instability to a real place of self-sufficiency and independence. And um, everyone and all of their talents are welcomed here at Thrive DC. If you're able to uh, do a Zumba class or <laughs> a yoga class or something, bring that here to Thrive and help support our folks who are working so hard to uh, take next steps toward their own stability. I love that. So any, if we have any Zumba or yoga instructors out there, get your butt down to Thrive DC and help spread that skill. That's so right. That's right. And any other skill, yeah. <laughs> all of it. All the skills. So folks who are listening outside of D.C., what would you recommend, you know, let's say that you, you have a big heart for combating this issue, what can be done sort of at a national level? Is there, is there legislation folks should be looking out for? Are there ways that folks can make their voice heard so it doesn't just feel like, you know, it's this unwinnable fight? Absolutely. I think um, really starting at the local level, um, wherever you are, there is an agency, an organization who is working to this end. Um, join forces with them. Uh, be cognizant of what their needs are so that they can help promote your voice and have you, you know, gather strength and numbers among um, the individuals in that community to make their voices heard. Um, and then certainly at the national level, there are many um, national organizations that are addressing this issue that people can join. And you, that's all for the Google. <laughs> you can Google it and figure out the National um, Coalition for Housing and, and many more that are um, prepared and will welcome, uh, you know, support. So all I want for my birthday is for you. Yes, you, Sminty listener, listening on your hellish commute to work or working out at the gym or cooking at home. All I want is for you to find a way to act on this issue in your local community. Make a donation. Donate tampons. Teach a Zumba class. I know it's a little cheesy, but remember, creating change means thinking globally, but acting locally. And we really want to hear from you. Let us know how you're acting on this issue. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You, on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast, and as always, we love getting your emails at momstuff at howstuffworks.com. Thank you.